Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's NFL. Oh, wait, I mean, we've got a new show for you guys tonight, our UFC preview show. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I'm joined by my good friend, as always, Chase Haney, the Reddit extraordinaire himself. Chase, how's it going tonight, man? Man, I am good. Um, Love talking UFC. I'm glad that we finally got to this podcast, man. Um, changing it up a little bit. This is going to be some of you guys' cup of tea, and uh, some of you guys just might not even really care to uh, to tune in this. But then there's also going to be a crowd that that might, you know, let me give this a shot. And man, I think the most fun thing about the UFC is that it's not a it's not a full team of matchups. It's can this buy, this guy beat this guy, and just thinking about the world of possibility of how that gets done. And it, it's just a lot of fun to chat it up with. And uh, Man, I'm really excited. I get to actually do it with a good friend of mine. Hampton, you want to uh, give him a little bit of an introduction? If I'm the Reddit extraordinaire, you got anything for our friend here? <laughs> um, ooh, put me on the spot. Well, I would like to introduce our good friend, the one, the only, Jeb Davis. How's it going, Jeb? How's it going, Mr. Hampton? I appreciate the, the kind introduction there. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. on the podcast. The tight end, baby. The only true Troy Trojan, Trojan. to come to this podcast. The, the one who wore the team the across wall. his helmet. <laughs> the man who rebuilt the wall. Yeah, the man um, who carried the American flag out. The <laughs> front page of the Troy newspaper. I mean, do we really know what greatness we're sitting in right now, Hampton? Uh, Chase, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Podcast. Oh, man. Oh. Goodness gracious. Chase always well, big. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, let's get right into it. So um, kind of layout of the show for you guys listening. Um, there are three big cards for the UFC coming up in the next week. We've got one on Saturday. So tomorrow we've got one uh, next Wednesday, and then we have one the following Saturday. So let's get started with the one. Um, that's coming up tomorrow. Max Holloway um, is fighting Mr. Calvin Cater. Um, so, really good card that we have tomorrow. Chase, what besides the main event and co-main event, what fights really stand out to you that you kind of want to uh, dive into a little bit here tonight? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, just uh, maybe if you guys don't uh, watch UFC or keep up with it, one thing that they do better than boxing is they try to put together a, a better card overall. Like, and, and that's one thing that makes it fun as a fan is that when you tune in, you can really tune in to uh, the earlier fights and sometimes see somebody that's on the up-and-coming 
or somebody that's actually really good. Like it, it, that's the, that's the fun part about it. And so um, sometimes there'll be fights that are, that are kind of even hidden within these cards and there's people's faces that you may have never seen. And then they fight really well. And then you want to watch them again. And, and one of those guys that sticks out to me, and, and I'm trying to remember, uh, Jeb, you might be able to help me out with this. Do you, and look at Justin uh, Taffa. I think it's Taffa. It might yeah, be Taffa. Yeah. Um, Taffa. I, do, yeah, he's so, is, is he, I think he's, yeah, he's like Pacific yeah. Islander. Yeah. Dude, you, I remember you. seeing this guy, and I think he knocked out some dude. And it was like a really clean shot. And this guy's got tattoos. Like he's got the Pacific yeah, Islander, the huge like leg tattoo. Yeah, the huge yeah. leg. Dude, you know if some guy walks Good out there, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you see one of these guys walk out there, and you just know that like they've got like a different type of grit to them. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, he, he knocked out uh, Juan Adams, and that was when Je- I just looked John it up. Probably, that was, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that was that was a, a pay per view. He knocked him out. And Juan Reyes, Reyes was like knocked out so hard that he didn't even remember getting like knocked out. He was like, "Oh, I'm still in this," and everybody was like, "Dude, you you got <laughs> you got knocked out." Um, so I'm excited to see, man. I think he's one of those heavy hitters in the in the uh, heavyweight division, and uh, one of those guys that's always fun to watch. Um, I see his name. I think I, this Phil Hayes guy, uh, Hawes. Yeah, Phil Hawes. Yeah, some of these names are a little wrestler. difficult to uh, remember. Yeah, but I remember. Uh, seen him again he was on a pay-per-view and again you, you watch the whole card sometimes you, you see some fights like this so that name those are two names that kind of stick out to me and uh I, I do think though the guy who's fighting uh there's a middleweight fight Jaquel Jaquel uh Buckley who had yeah. that really nice spinning I'm sure that everyone saw it by now yeah, the, um, he did like a kick yeah. and the guy caught it and then he like did a kick with the other leg and knocked the dude out mm-hmm. um he's fighting again which is really exciting and uh even uh, I think this welterweight fight, uh, the, the Chinese guy, um, I think he's really dangerous. I think that's one of the most impressive guys that's on this card. And, and I, I don't want to butcher his name. Lee Jinglei. Jinglei. Um, Sounds about right. That, that dude's a warrior, and he's really fun to watch. And, Jeb, I know I probably took every one of those, <laughs> but I'm just kind of going down the card and seeing which no, faces yeah. look familiar. But you just you seem to – I look up to you in the sense of that you seem to be able to remember these guys – knockouts more of the kind of like when and where and how did it happen so when we talked about maybe there's a name that i didn't mm-hmm. mention or maybe it was um are there some fights that stick out to you and and why is that so no yeah chase um just kind of going back to what you said a little earlier as well like when you look at these undercard fight or this the, the undercard of not like excluding the co-main the main in this card in particular you see a lot of guys that have really good records overall and another thing you mentioned as well as like the ufc does a really good job of pres- putting on a full card um, of up-and-coming fighters and a good mix of older fighters as well. So you'll catch a name from time to time that maybe you haven't seen in a while or somebody you've heard that's coming from another um, division, changing divisions around, or even even somewhere outside the UFC that's coming in. And they'll jump into a, to a prelim fight or an undercard fight on one of these type of these cards. And I think uh, UFC did a really good job putting together the, the first card of the year um, this year out here in Abu Dhabi, of course. But yeah, Chase. When you were some of the fighters you were mentioning, some of the names I do I do remember uh, the Justin Taffa guy, the, the Australian. Um, the funny thing about him, he he maxes out the heavyweight division at two sixty five, um, and he only stands about five eleven. So if you can put that, in he, he's uh, yeah. And same with uh, Carlos Felipe here. I'm looking at his height and weight, and so these guys are are definitely you know some tanks, some strong men. That's not necessarily uh, always the case in the heavyweight. Normally you see guys over six foot, 
you know, probably averaging about 6'2", 6'3". So that'll be a, a fun matchup, both those guys coming in with a 9-1 and one and a 4-1 and one record. Um, so hopefully they can they can maybe shake up the heavyweight division, uh, keep going. That, that division really needs some help, too. Um, and another fight he <laughs> mentioned was Philip Halls, uh, former wrestler. Um, he said he's the prelim or the, um, the spotlight prelim fight for this one. Um, I'm not sure the guy who he's fighting, the Frenchman, I'm evolved, so he, he could be out of anywhere. But no, that guy, he's a he's a very talented, orthodox style boxer. So I'm I'm sure we'll get a, a good fight card all the way around um, on on the undercard of, of the Holloway Qatar card. So I'm I'm excited for the first uh, first card of the year. I think they did a really good job of organizing and getting this one to to go off. I'm totally there with you, man. Um, Hampton, you you might get this reference, bro. That uh that Taffa guy, that's uh. Justin Taffa, that's what would you say was a uh, two sixty five, and he's uh like barely six foot. I think that's generous. I, I think that he's, I want to say he's probably under six foot. Kind of reminds <laughs> me of that uh, Hampton, you know that center that played for Coastal Carolina, that's like somehow in the world. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, he's short. Yeah, he's like five, what? like you know five ten, maybe even five nine or something like that. Just a big old yeah. dude. So he's just like bowling balls, but he's it's cool balls. seeing guys. Yeah, yeah, those guys that are still athletic that are that shape. Um, I think DC has really, uh, you know, kind of paved yeah, the way for that. The president, but, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Just the name you mentioned, Jeb, was the uh, that Phil Hall's guy. I, I, I do remember seeing him looking like he, he since he's a wrestler. Um, if, if you kind of like don't watch too much UFC, sometimes it's hard to tell what's happening. Like everybody knows when people are punching. Mm-hmm that like who's winning who's not losing like who, who's losing but like sometimes when people are wrestling it's a little bit harder to keep up and i remember though watching the phil halls guy and i think he dominated the guy that he fought last and uh got up and almost looked like he wasn't even like he was sweating but he looked like he could go into other couple rounds so i think that's why he's getting that um main event for the prelim card yeah. um just because he uh yeah, man, like he he just he's making it look easy. So Who's the headliner this competition the is gonna get better. Early contender series this this past year. That's that might have been yeah. what it was. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. Talking about. yeah. I think I think that wraps up some of these other uh, these other fights that maybe aren't no, on yeah, the, uh, the co-main event or main event. No, a big fight I wanted to talk about in this one is uh the return of Carlos Condit. You know, the bad boy. Mm. He uh, 36 years of age takes on Matt Brown, who's a 40 year old, and that's uh that's pushing it for the for the age limit in the UFC, you don't see too many guys that they hit the 40 mark in there. So that should be a, a fun fight comeback for both of these, both of these guys in the welterweight division. I know Chase, what do you, what do you think about the, the return of these two? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I would extend to say legends. Um, Condit maybe, but they've <laughs> had some legendary fights for sure. Yeah, man. It's, it, it's kind of tough, man. When, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at their records and like Carlos Condit has, 13 losses. Matt Brown has 17. And man, like it, when you're 40 years old, you've got 17 losses. Like I'm not trying to, to be a party pooper, but I was just looking, I was like, okay, who has like, cause Matt Brown had a prime and, and Jeb, I don't know if you like really recall, cause it was a little bit before my time. Wow. I'll, I'll kind of show my cards. Cause he's an older, older fighter that I think still has it, but he's kind of one of those guys that really relies on him being like more experienced, not necessarily him being the more athletic fighter. Um, so I think this is kind of fun that they're putting two older guys against each other. Um, but Matt Brown, I, I was looking and I was like, okay, well, when was the last time he fought? And he fought one time in 2020, one time in 2019, none in 2018, one time in 2017. And then he actually was like a little bit of like, I think that's when the he kind of 
fell off or like he kind of did his last little uh yeah he lost three times in 2016 so there's a part of me that really wants to go with uh with Matt Brown, just because of like name, like from, from myself, I, I feel like I've seen his yeah. name more, but at the same time, I know that Car- Carlos Condit before I was a, a true UFC uh, fan, I know that he was really making some noise and yeah. uh, yeah, man, what, it, what's interesting though, is, is I'm a, no, I'm sorry. I missed the name, but yeah, I, I really don't know what to do with this fight. Joe, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just don't feel like I know these guys well enough to, uh, maybe make Freeman mad when he watches this. Cause you know, he watched this with his pops growing up and he was like, Oh man, dude, Matt Brown was the, was oh, the yeah. guy. I don't really, I don't really know what to do with it, but I think, I think I'll go with uh Carlos Condit just because Matt Brown is getting old, like yeah. significantly older and he's just lost like, like the past few years. Yeah. So what, what do you do with it? Jeff? What do you do with some of these older guys they put in there? Do you feel bad a little bit that there's, that they're putting someone I, who's 40 years old in well, there are, or how do you feel? I about mean, this? these are obviously tough guys to be fighting in, in this sport particular, but something you see as fighters age, their, uh, their work rate really slows down. You know, they fight, you know, mm-hmm. once, twice a year, maybe. Um, and they kind of get thrown these fights, except this is this fight being an exception. They normally get thrown to people that are on the up and coming. You know, I'm sitting here looking at Carlos Condit's record right now. He's fought legends of the sport, man, like Roy McDonald, George St. Pierre, Nick Diaz, Tyrone Woodley, Robbie Lawler. Like, this guy's fought some of the best that have ever came through the 170-pound division, you know. So, like, and also with Matt Brown, you know, same same thing. I'm sure he's got the, the same fight list as well. But one thing you'll see is the two very experienced fighters that are going to pick their shots. So it'll be a very interesting fight to watch, you know. Like, they know where they don't want to get hit. They know how – like, they obviously are very, very controlled with their fighting style. They know how they fight. And I'm sure they're they're experts at studying the other person's fighting style as well. So, I see a lot of – I bet we see a lot of feeling out in the first round. I'm Given it's only a three-round fight, there's not much time to fill out. Um, And who knows about the gas tanks of two, you know, aging fighters as well. So, I I expect to see, you know, maybe some late first round and then a really good second round from these guys. Um, I think I would go with Carlos Conan just given his uh, background, some of the fights he's been in. You know, he's fought for the championship belt. I think he's got like six championship fights in the UFC. That's a lot. Of, that's a Dang. lot of experience. I might be overestimating that by a little bit, but uh, somebody with that kind of like background, I, I think I'll take him. I know. I know he's lost. I think I'm looking at his record. Yeah, he's one and five in his last uh, six fights. So that's not not a good record at all. But I'd like to see him come back. He he fought once in 2020 and he won. Um, on the Holly Holm uh, fight night card. So maybe he can uh, jumpstart his 2021 and maybe the, the downfall or the, the end of his career with a, with a win. Maybe he might go out after this fight. I, I'm assuming Matt Brown probably has got one or two more fights in him as well. Yeah. That, that, I think that was, was going to be my follow-up question is, do you feel like this is these guys, like these guys like last uh, like parade, last hoorah. Do you feel like both of these guys retire yeah. or does the winner get get another fight or what do you feel like I definitely could see this being like a last stand for both of them. You know, they're both aging. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you would see two fighters want to fight, you know, kind of this type of fight, you know, 36 and a 40 year old. If they want to make another run, they would definitely try to fight somebody who's an up and comer trying to get their name back in the headlines. But this might be one of those fights where they both retire after, you know, Carlos Condit comes from Jackson Wing came. I mean, they're a legendary camp. They're probably telling him the same thing we're, we're talking about now. Like, hey, you probably got like one or two in you at most, and this might be a good one to call it quits on. So, it, I think we'll I think we'll definitely see something like that after this for sure. Yeah, and there's like 
Hampton, I'm sure you can chime in on this. Hey, there's one there's one fighter who is undefeated, and that's Father Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh there we go. Hey, yeah, I can relate to that. It, it, it gets all of us. It beats all of us, man. And uh, I think the only person that's that's not winning right now, Jeb, and that's Glover Teixeira. <laughs> Not to bring him into this, no, but dude, like, because I'm thinking, I'm like, what do you do with either one of these guys if you give them one more fight? It's not like they're in like a, a title contention right. or anything yeah. like that. They're like, what would their next fight be other than just like, hey, I'm going to give you one more to go out yeah. on? So I, I think I do agree with you. I think this is probably both of these guys' last yeah. fight. Um, I'm glad that they get to do it maybe with each other where it might, I mean, it's just, it's not like some young dude who could just like, you know, he's got the gas right. tank and cut way easier. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it'll probably be a, a good fight. I, I won't say that it's even going to be a nah, great yeah. fight. Um, but that, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, and, and it might be one of those things where we get to see two, uh, two experts really face off. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But I'm really excited for this uh, oh, yeah. main event. Featherweight battle, dude. We've got two, two guys coming in that, that look – they're very exciting to watch. You know, Holloway has lost two title fights with Volkanovski. His last two fights, he's, he's kind mm-hmm. of been on the skid. So I'm really excited to see him get back in the ring and – and really show that Hawaiian toughness off. You know, I know Hampton's partial to the, the Hawaiians and whatnot, so I'm sure he'll be pulling from Max. <laughs> yeah, right. Over Tater for sure. But, no, it, it, it's going to be a good one. Uh, the 145 division is very interesting. I, I, I'd like to say it's probably the, the second best division in the UFC besides 155. Um, and to start off the year with, with these two guys going to war, and I think that's what we will actually see is a war, just based off their fighting styles. They match up really well. Um, from a striking slash boxing standpoint, um, Max is one of those guys. Who's, he's not super fast. He's not super strong, but he's he's tough and he's accurate, and that's what you want in one forty five. And then Calvin, Calvin's got really good boxing too. So, what what are you what are you thinking on that, Chase? Man, so so I, one thing that I feel like I've, I've struggled to do with Calvin Cater is I think that he is a really good fighter, but can we just like like take a step back and look at these two guys? Who have they fought recently? And Calvin Cater, what I'm looking at, who he's beating, it makes sense. And I feel like it's easy to place him. I don't want to place him as like a gatekeeper. I just want to say that he's not like – he's not that title contention guy. Um, So, like, like he lost to Zabib. Um, That was a close one. Um, I think Zabib is one of those guys that could really challenge for the title. He beats Ricardo Lamos. Like, makes sense. Um, He beats Dan Ige. I really like Dan Ige. That was another really close fight. Goes to the decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think Dan Ige and, like, even Zabit, man, I mean, I think you could make those two guys fight right there, and that would be a really Mm -hmm. fun fight. Um, But I put – I think I put maybe Calvin Cater in. Like, him and Ige are very, like, similar, I guess, in skill level. Just one of those guys who's more of the, like, three to to eight is where I would probably place them. But he beats Jeremy Steven. Uh, Stevens yeah. and I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. Jeremy Stevens has been beat 18 yeah. times. Like, you know, dude hits hard, but like, dude, that elbow that he hit him with <laughs> to like the forehead, it, it was it was clean, bro. And I think that's where we kind of saw like, hey man, is this the next? Like, is he taking the next yeah. step? So he's gonna get a chance against Max Holloway. But man, I, this is my question, Jeb, to kind of go back to. And Hampton, you might have been in the room when this happened. Um. There was a fighter that I was really high on. When oh, I Mr. Ortega. Yeah, yeah, man. When I first started watching the UFC, yep. and, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first times that I was getting excited to watch one of the fighters that I kind of picked. Like, hey, I'm going to be a fan of this guy. And when I picked him, 
he ended up doing like he he, he got a little win streak going together and he starts uh, going to fight for the title. I love that and fight. People don't do people don't understand how good Max right. Holloway mm-hmm. was, and I would yeah, say yeah. is because this dude was a very young champion. Like it, it, it was just it was incredibly impressive to watch people say like basically call like Brian Ortega is the new like the new young guy coming into the division. And like Max Holloway's like, what do you mean? This guy's older than I am. And Max Holloway walks through yeah, Brian Ortega. Good in all four rounds. And, for sure, Chase. Yeah, so so I I see him skunk Ortega, Ortega to the point that Ortega takes a long time <laughs> off. I, like I, I legitimately watched him fight then, and then like I feel like I was a UFC fan for two years and didn't watch the guy fight again, just for oh, other right. reasons. But um, man, just to make kind of a long story short. Um, Max took Volkanovski like he took that. Those I don't know if those fights they were really. Close. It's one of those things. It's almost kind of like the Figueroa yeah. fight, man. You almost like you're okay with those being yeah. like a tie. They were so close. Especially the second one. At the end sure. of the day, though, I yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like that one was so close that. Uh, but the, the thing is, is I'm I'm asking myself is is almost a Max fan by like the like. Like I'm like, man, you beat my guy Ortega, I'll cheer for you. Go and see him in Atlanta when we saw him fight Dustin. But ever since Dustin, man, Ortega mm-hmm. I mean I'm sorry, Holloway has not looked the same. So here's the question. Like, is Holloway gonna go back to the guy who smoked Ortega? Or is he the guy that can't really figure out, okay, like I lost to Poirier at one fifty five and I fought Volkanovsky twice. This is Max's like bounce back. Like, like let's define what mm-hmm. you're gonna do for the next Three to four years with your uh, like like prime of your old, career, yeah. and I, yeah, yeah. And, and for me, man, mm-hmm. I, I think I think Max wins this fight. I think he fights this 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 might go to decision, just because Max doesn't really knock people out. So I think that Max wins this and it goes to decision. If you uh, if you had to pick, what do you think it would? Man, what do you, what do you see, think? I think I'm on the, the other side of the fence on that one, Chase. I think this is a, a, a the fight that Holloway really needs to make that comeback on. You know, he, he you know. Minus the Frankie Edgar fight, which was a, he fought an old Frankie Edgar for the belt. Um, he's zero mm-hmm. three, like you're saying. He lost to Poirier. We saw him live, and then Volk twice. I, I think yeah. this is a fight. It's actually fun fact. This is uh, Max Holloway's first fight in his last nine fights. They were all championship fights. So this is his first non-championship fight wow. since 2016. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, so I, I expect to see wow. him come back with that with that fire as a 29 year old in his prime should, uh, and hopefully he can you know find that that Brian Ortega fight and maybe get another stoppage. I, that's what I'm looking for out of, out of Max in this in this fight to kind of to really put his name back in the the spotlight at the 145ers, you know. I, I would love to see him go back get back to Volkanovski again, maybe miss sometime in the summer, maybe sometime in the early fall. Um but I I think he I think he gets a stoppage over Cater here. I I really like Max's toughness and his style and I'm looking for that fire from him again here. I dude, I mean, I think what what you said is a great point, and I think one thing that, that we need to highlight um, is that Max has been here, and done right. this. Like you said, with the, with the title fight experience, this is even though it's not for the belt, it's another five round fight. But one thing that he's done that Cater has not done, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that I'm right on this. Um, I know that Max Holloway has been to Fight Island and he fought for a title five rounds. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. he's been there and he's done this. He knows what the jet the jet lags like. All that kind of stuff that plays in that plays into a fight. Um, whether your your mind is like awake, I don't think Cater 
he he hasn't had that privilege to go to Fight Island, fight a five round fight. Um, so I think there's just a lot of things that Max kind of holds holds in his yeah. hands. And uh, as a Max fan, I, I want to see him win this one. I want to see him mm-hmm. uh, like be where he's supposed to be because I think that Volkanovski fight. I mean, he knocked him down twice. And it's like yeah. dude, you, you. I, I hate to be like you need one more, uh-huh. but you won two rounds because you knocked him down. But you, you got so I, I'd love to see a stoppage here. It's going to be a great fight. This is one of those that man, like it. it this almost feels like yeah. it should great be a title fight. So, year, sure. um, just an great, absolute, great main event to start off our, our twenty twenty one so. and our uh, our skid tonight talking about these up and coming main events and co mains for sure. Yeah. Totally agree, bro. I, I think that I think that kind of covers that one. Hampton, do you uh, you got anything, man? Do you remember whenever Ortega got smoked and looked like a zombie? Do you remember that moment? <laughs> oh, I absolutely do. Um, I think I gave you a little grief because you were jacked for that fight, man. You were. Uh, <laughs> you, you were about that. I, I, <laughs> dude, after that fight, Chase looked like he had lost a lost a friend, man. He was he was down his luck. It just. It tore him apart, but uh, it did feel like Ortega. It took him like two year and a half to two years to get back in the ring. So um, the only thing that I'll say is I hope Max wins. I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I'm a big fan of him. And as Jeff said, I'm a big fan of Samoan Hawaiians. Yeah. You know, come on. <laughs> um, I hope he gets back on. Oh yeah, gets back on I mean, top. And since that last holiday fight, just to throw in a note, uh, Ortega did come in and. And finally, beat uh, a fight or get into a fight with uh, the Korean Zombie after several scheduling times, and yeah, trying sure. to get that win back in 2020 in a, in a five round fight as well. So that was that was a fun one. Yeah, and and, and I did feel bad when when Ortega lost to Holloway, but then when uh, when he smoked Zombie and, and Tyler Clickler has to like, like <laughs> has to live with that um, each and every day, knowing that Zombie got smoked. I, I can do it. I, I can live with uh, Ortega's sure. back, baby. That makes you feel better, doesn't it? That's right. Hey, hey, we we just obviously see who it makes you feel good whenever you kind of put your name on somebody and they they finally get it back. But uh, that was that was a great yeah. fight too, man. I mean, because Ortega looks like he's back. So, anyways, I All think right, we kind of covered that card um, r- real well. To get out there on the Saturday and watch that one for sure, but we can move on to that Chiesa sure. Magna card. Chiesa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's transition to that card. So that's going to be. On January 20th, it's on a Wednesday. Um, so on that card, uh, Chiesa versus Magni. Um, we'll pr- probably try to go through this one a little quicker because I know mm-hmm. um, y'all mentioned that last one um, or the fight card, the Saturday, the 23rd or 24th, um, has a lot of um, has a lot of good matchups um, up and down the card. So tell me, guys. Um, between the co-main event and the main event, um, what's your kind of feeling? What What's your read on on those two fights? Um, no, I, yeah, um, this card overall, you, it being a fight night, um, they're not necessarily always the best cards you're going to get, but they're exciting. And, it, and they're obviously mm-hmm. the more quantity you get of UFC, I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of that, right? So fighting on a Wednesday, uh, two guys that are both battling out for their spot in the division. Both these guys are both trying to find their way back up. Uh, top, it's a really even fight in this headliner with uh, Chiesa and Magni. Um, so I think I think it's gonna be good overall. But just two other names I, I'd like to point out in this card. Um, you know, we have a number of uh, yeah. somebody fighting with Khabib's camp. Another undefeated number of always gets you excited. He's actually the second fight of the night or the daytime rather. It's gonna be early daytime. And then uh, Ricky Simone, he was an up and coming youngster. 
uh, and he's up to fight on this prelim card. But uh, Chase, you see anything else besides the the main worth pointing out here? Man, uh, I, me and act, like Tyler were actually joking around about uh, Roxanne oh, yeah. Modafferi, man. Dude, she's the one person that you cannot get to go away. Um, she's weird, but she's goofy, she's goofy. and she's like. It first she's, weird, but she's, dude, she's one of those people that you just like you look at and you're like who in the crap like this is why i don't watch the sport and then you see that like dude she just kind of put she's the definition of like when to lose one um and, and oh, i think okay. it, it really kind of i don't know what again i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm a fan or not like i honestly don't i kind of like like when i see her name on a card i'm like well i see her because she wins two and then she'll she lose one. one of the but, uh, or one of the not, flyweights in the female division. I was excited about being Macy Barber. She's a, a 20-year-old fighter. And then this, yeah. this woman here, Roxanne Madafari, uh, you know, really, really showed her what it is to be a, be a fighter in the, in the UFC. So that, that was unfortunate. Just, just mentioning her, you know. <laughs> there, there's, there's one. Uh, I see Figurito, and I think that might actually yeah. be Figurito's brother. That, uh, that, or cousin or something like that. But I, I would just point out, this is uh, something kind of just for more general knowledge. There's a lot of guys that if you read and they have a like an octave, uh, sh- sh- like there's a couple of guys that have obvious Russian last names. Um, sometimes when they do these cards um, and, and when they go other places, they'll try to throw on uh, local talents, not the right word for it. But if like, let's say they go to uh, like a, a, a South American country, they're going to want to pull from other South American uh uh, so that's what they're doing here. A lot of guys from Russia, because they can get there the easier than get back to America. So those guys are obvi- like honestly always superior wrestlers. Um, so just kind of keep an eye on them. Um, that's all I would say is some of those guys just end up being like, golly, this guy is incredible at what he does. And you've never even heard of him. You've never seen him fight. But those guys are extremely well disciplined. Right. But that's that's really it on my end. We can uh, – I with this with this main event, I think it's weird they're fighting on a Wednesday. It's something they've tried. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they must have liked it. I think they just felt like maybe they can really get the uh, get the ball rolling, if you will, by doing a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, where it's just UFC, UFC, UFC. Um, dude, I mean, Magny beat uh, Robbie Lawler and made it look easy. Um, I, it makes me question, though, like, what did Robbie Lawler yeah, like, Robbie really Lawler, bring to the yeah. table? But what, what, yeah, but what, what, <laughs> if, I think I'm going to go with Michael Chiesa on, uh, on this, and I would say, don't you ever talk about my mother, as he told Kevin oh, yeah. Lee in a press conference one time. <laughs> um, but dude, man, I mean, he yeah. beat RDA last year, and and I think that's like that's worth uh, like pointing out because RDA went on to beat Paul Felder, and and, and Paul Felder didn't have the whole camp, but like Great. that's a very quality win. I think a little bit more than than uh, Robbie Lawler uh, with Neil Magny. I really like Neil Magny though. I'm kind of torn. I think I go with Michael Chiesa, but if Neil Magny. Uh, Magni wins. I, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to keep following him if he does. No, yeah, I think, what, I think who do you got for this good one, points, though, Chase? I think in this fight we see like a older fighter, Michael Chiesa, in in his background, his pedigree, like fighting RDA, fighting an old Diego Sanchez, fighting another Carlos Condit, which we've talked about previously. Like he's definitely fought some of the some of the greats of the sport. And on the other hand, you have Neil Magni, who's definitely an up and comer, trying to break into the weight welterweight division. You know, trying to get that rank beside his name. Um, He's, I think he's an exciting fighter, you know. He, he's still trying to find his own, find his, his uh, own, like, pattern in the, in, the, in the UFC, his fighting style. Um, but I definitely like Chiesa in this fight. I think Chiesa's going to take him down and kind of experience him, you know, if that makes sense. But just some of the wins he has recently, uh, mm-hmm. Chiesa's a submission expert. 
Um, he, he definitely got some striking as well, but he's a wrestling predominant. And Magni, I don't think he's seen too many of those guys yet. You know, you really can't match the talent uh, of the wrestling talent, I'd say, that's in the UFC anywhere else, you know, and then Magni hasn't fought uh, that much in the UFC. So I think he gets in there. He's an up-and-coming guy. I think he will be exciting. Now, he definitely could get in there and and, and show off and, and look look really good um, and maybe make a run. I, I, I'm not sure, but I think right now I'm still going to have to give it to Chiesa and, and maybe the win by submission in this case. No, I I think I'm right there with you, man. Um, and and I don't again I don't want to because I'm 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 kind of a Neil Magny fan, dude. Because the way he beat Robbie Lawler, there was no question. Like I think he beat him every round. He spanked the guy. And for some, I don't really understand. One of the great questions of our generation is how do, <laughs> does Robbie Lawler and Tyron Woodley absolutely break like when Fall they off lose, the face of the earth? They yeah. do, man. And and. I don't really. That's that's why it's kind of hard to judge, like how how much of a quality win is that? And I feel like I'm the college football playoff committee over here. Like, what's a quality <laughs> win? But straight um, the schedule. I, and like, that's not on Neil Magny. That's not that's not his problem. That guys like were good, and then he fights them, and and he dominates them. Like credit to him. But then it makes people like he literally beats them so bad that you know you yeah. question how good was his opponent. But uh. It, it's one of those fights that, that I would say if this was like a pay-per-view, which I know we're moving on to, if this fight was was on a pay-per-view, I think it'd be one of those it's, – it's, it's probably not a co-main event for me for a pay-per-view. It might be the first fight on the pay-per-view to really draw you in, kind of where they used to have uh, Sean O'Malley a lot. Like, oh, man, like you want to watch Sugar Sean. Sure. So that's kind of where I, I would place this fight. Um but man, Michael Kies, I feel like it's always on the uh, the wrong end of stuff. Man, people talk about his mother during press conferences, and then uh, whenever oh, yeah, Connor threw that dolly through the uh, the bus window, Michael Kiesa gets his eye cut open. So, dude, obviously can uh, I, I guess yeah. hey, no, on that's... and off the court, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be going. I'm it's it's a whole different fight. I feel like than the uh, the the Cater and Holloway. You're kind of getting a, a pretty good spectrum oh, yeah. of what that, the that's, UFC that's has to offer with those two main events. Thing we can, I can I'll say about this card uh, is you never know what we'll see. We might see some highlight real knockouts. That's one thing that's exciting about the UFC, especially like on a Wednesday. We're getting some free UFC. Um, you never know. We'll probably see a couple highlight real knockouts pop up on ESPN maybe later in the evening. Um, and if you watch them live, you might just you might just catch them live. You know, so that that'll be exciting. There's a lot of fights on the card. I think it's like. 10 or 12 fights, so you, you can pretty much catch anybody anytime for a couple, three, four hours. So I think it actually starts 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time for for the, the prelims. Yeah, so it's going to mm-hmm. be a, a mid-morning Jeez. Wednesday card. I, I, I'm not sure why they did that, but, you know, if you have nothing better to do, then somehow I would definitely tune in if, you, if you're new to watching the sport for sure. Cool. Well, Jeb, some of us got to oh, go yeah. to work, son. We can't watch <laughs> What? And hey, at least some of us are gonna have a we're gonna have a we're gonna have an option whether we can watch this or watch uh, Skip Bayless and uh, then come up with Goodness come up with gracious. stuff to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting no, start time no, for I, sure. I definitely think that's a, yeah it's gonna be a fun one. But you know, I'm I'm really excited for that for that last spot last car we're gonna talk about here, boys, for sure. Yeah, well, let's hey, good segue, Jeb. Let's. Transition into that final card next weekend on the 23rd. Uh, we've got Conor McGregor making his triumphant 
return to the UFC fighting Dustin Poirier. Uh, this is their second bout together, yes. correct? Yes. They fought yeah. before. Yeah, mm-hmm. they fought before. Um, so you've got that. You've got a fight like Dan Hooker uh, versus Michael Chandler. Um, and then you've got uh, Khalil Roundtree uh, fighting Marcin Pricinio. I guess that's how you say his name, as a prelim. Um, so really a good card up and down. Uh, Chase, can you tell me um, what, uh, other than the main event, which y'all can talk, we can talk about at the very, um, the very end, uh, what, what fights are standing out to you on this card and you're really looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, there, there's a couple um, that, that really catch my eye. I think one name, if you were just reading this, uh, Nick Lentz has been fighting for a long time. Um, some guys might remember. Carl. Do I? <laughs> I said it's related to Carl. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I hope not because uh, if so, then they're both in trouble. But, uh, <laughs> man, uh, I, I think he's one of those guys that whenever we would sit at the apartment and play UFC, he was one of those guys that's, like, been around long enough that they were like, I right, just put him on the game. <laughs> so, uh, and if it's like if you need that, like, easy opponent, I think Nick Lentz is kind of one of those guys. But he's he's known to be a brawler. He's one of those guys that's, like, fun to watch fight because he's not going to um, – he won't be boring. Um, but the, the reason I think I threw out Khalil, Khalil uh, Roundtree is uh, Jeb? Do you remember when we went to Atlanta and watched him. Poirier fight uh, uh, Holid, uh, Holloway? And Khalil Roundtree fought our boy, uh, our boy, me and Hampton. I'm speaking, um, you know, oh. us being Roll Tide fans. He <laughs> fought boy. our boy. He fought. Yeah, he fought. <laughs> he, he fought your boy, Eric Anders. And man, I remember hearing Joe Rogan talk on his podcast about how phenomenal Khalil Roundtree looked because I think that he went to. Uh, it, remind me of the the, uh, the Asian country. I can't yeah, remember where they all go. Thailand, to. Is, yeah. is, is it Thailand? Yeah. And dude, like, yeah. really got his Muay Thai looking right. Um, <laughs> I, so it, I, I'm interested yeah. to see what he does because um, that that's what he was on. He was on the come up, and then he, he lost that, to yeah. the. I can't pronounce the guy's that. name, but the guy who had. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Another one of those things. It's like, man, he's a good fighter. He's fun to watch fight. Um, looking forward to watching him. Yeah. He's one of those names that stick up off the card. Um, Jeb, before we really get to like the main card, is there any anybody you see on maybe the the prelims or the early prelims? No, prelims yeah, that uh, besides, maybe catch your uh, eye. Round three, and, just, and just one note on him, dude. That that division, the two hundred five division, definitely needs some help coming through there. And I think that's a guy that can definitely can can jump up mm-hmm. in the rankings, maybe maybe like a, a six or seven somewhere. I'd like to see him jump up with a, a couple of good fights under his belt and maybe shake up that division, honestly. So, um, But beside that, there's Brad Tavares on there. He uh, he fought on the Contender Series. He's been around the that's UFC right. for a little while. Um, he fought on the Ultimate Fighter as well. I think that's where I, uh, I've seen him last, actually. He fought a young kid in Edmund Shabazian Chase. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, I think Shabazian was like 20 mm-hmm. or yeah. 21 mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, of that fight, so that was that was a wild one for sure. But I think I think Brad Tavares is is gonna be gonna be one of those guys that really stands out in this card. He might make a name for himself. Um, the 185 division has definitely been ran by Israel now for a while, um, and this guy being one of Israel's victims back in 2018 uh, when Israel was just making his name, so he kind of got pushed back down in the rankings there. I'm, I'm looking for this guy to actually maybe come back up jump back up there uh, and see if he can, if he can shake up the 185 a little bit, you know, they, they definitely need some help as well. They're one of the, the lacking divisions right now in the UFC in my eyes, you know, Israel's such a dominant champion at the moment. 
Uh, we'll see yeah. if, if he can if he can come in and shake some up. But other than that, you know, a few other names to mention on the card: Amanda Rebus, ten and one female fighter. You know, she's one of the heaviest favorites on the card. Uh, she'll be exciting to watch. Uh, one of the female fighters is always good to, to jump up there. Um, yeah, she 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 beat our old Paige Van Zant last time, which was a was a disappointment to me. Uh, she's fun, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, <other than> that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is very exciting here. There's a, there's a lot of of good fights on this card other than those the co-main and the main. So I'm, I'm excited for this card as a whole. I hope to hope to catch every fight on the card, honestly. So something I would like to watch through and through. Yeah, dude, I, I want to say that I've seen this Ottman, uh, that Ottman guy that's also on the main card. But, Jeb, you were talking about, uh, and, and I'm sorry that I, I missed this guy, Brad Tavares, man. I was look like because he has he's seventeen and seven, dude. But there's some of these yeah. guys you got to go look at their record. You know what I'm saying? You got to go look at their record. This guy right here le- loses to the Edmund Shabatios guy. That's like literally Ronda Rousey's <laughs> protege. Like Ronda Rousey, uh, like manages this guy. Loses to him. He's supposed to be like this up up and coming star. Like she was. That was the one person she wanted to put her name beside. Okay, goes back. She wins one. You know what else yeah. she loses to? Israel Adesanya the champ right now like the, the champ is it is it is all right then like the two other wins that he has okay he's got two two wins all right go to 2016 another win but then i was looking and i got a 2015 and i'm like oh he lost to somebody you know who he yeah, lost to Rob Whitaker. robert yeah, whitaker so i mean <laughs> these yeah yeah i mean dude sometimes just the record doesn't i mean dude yeah. when you're fighting champions man i mean that's what's fun to watch is you see some of these guys and, and, and we could be talking about you know, here in two weeks, we could be like, man, it's Brad Tavares. You know, hey, man, he looked really good. You know, let's look for a, a, another good fight for him. So I think he's really in a good position, um, just seeing the talent that they're willing to match him up against. But uh, like you said, yeah, Amanda Re- uh, Rebus, um, the UFC really likes that girl. Good face for the promotion, um, yeah. Really likes that girl. I think that she, yeah, yeah I think she's the Paige Van Sant, but for like the Bra- Brazilian market. So um, they really like her going forward. Um, you can just see how they yeah, sponsor she's, she's her. I think those, she's got a good personality. personality um, that always had to go lucky. I remember watching a few of her interviews, and that was that was always a, a note that everybody pointed out about her. She's happy to be there. For so. sure. But a good Brazilian matchup there. Dude, and I'm, I'm looking at Jessica Ice fighting on this. I can't help but look just back to when Shevchenko, yeah. um, I mean, turned the lights out. Um, <laughs> it, and then, there's sometimes when stuff like that happens – it's it's not that it's hard to take people serious, but it's just kind of like I obviously see where you are in the ranking, yeah. if that makes sense. Like that that was one of the like Shevchenko is one of the women that I like will watch fight. Um, when yeah. she's fighting, I'm watching, and uh, clearly better than Jessica I. Um, uh, it, it, some of these fights are kind of like why are they why why are they where they are? But uh, sometimes that's just how they have to spread it out. But uh, man, here's what we're cooking for, Hampton. Do you? Uh, Maybe maybe you could kind of format this a little bit how you want to when it just comes to the co-main event and the main event. Um, maybe maybe just to get the structure because this is the this is the the, the part of the card that really matters. Both lightweight fights and uh, I'll I'll give you kind of a li- maybe a little bit of a step to maybe structure this how that would be helpful for our listeners. Okay, um, so I, ultimately I want y'all to pick um, you know who you think is going to win. But how about for each fight, both of y'all give me the keys to victory for each fighter. So for the for the co-main event um, with Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler, 
give me Chase, you give me the key uh, for Dan Hooker to win the fight, and then Jeb, okay. you can give me the key for Michael Chandler to win the fight, and then y'all can make a pick. Um, yeah, I love on, that. Your ultimate better case for each fight. Uh, we'll win it. So yeah, y'all go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds good. Uh, I don't mind going first, man. I, I'll, I'll kind of go on Dan Hooker's uh, defense here for a second, talk about his keys to success. Um, so I'll give a little bit of background just so that we understand. Like, and again, this is co-main event. It's worth uh, going to a little bit of context. Um, Dan Hooker lost to uh, Dustin Poirier, who's fought, fighting Conor McGregor in the main event. Um, lost to him over this summer. But, uh, man, the kid, the kid loves to fight. Um He's fun to watch fight, and I think they I call him the Hangman. Yeah. I think that's his nickname. Yeah, the Hangman. Um, he's got really long arms. Wants to box. He wants to keep you at length. Um, yeah, he, he beat uh, Paul Felder, which was a really impressive dude. Paul goes to war, and he out like he he outlasted Paul, and that's just something that not many people can do. So whenever he fought Poirier, dude, Poirier just shows that he's that he's in that elite talent of really contesting for a title. Um, I, I don't think I put Dan Hooker in that like that. This division is so stacked. I don't know if I can put Dan Hooker in that Dustin Poirier, um, Gaethje, McGregor, yeah, uh, Khabib like level. Like those are four guys already. That there's just there's just not enough room for him right now. Even though he beat some really good guys. Here's what his keys to success are though. Um, with when he fights Michael Chandler and and, and right. Jeff, I yeah. want you to give a little bit of context with Michael Chandler, just because he's new to the UFC. And honestly, I want to hear what you have to say because I've never got a chance to actually watch him. I've just heard Dana mm-hmm. drool over this guy. But for Dan Hooker, I love one thing that I think is a key to success. One thing that he's got to succeed as if he wants to win this fight is that he has to really lay on his coaches, really fall back on his coaches because he comes out of the same uh, fight camp over there in uh, New Zealand where Adesanya fights, where Volkanovski fights. And one thing that they are known for doing is they point people up. They're not like they, they work the jab, they're working kicks, but you'll hear a lot of times the coaches are like, give me those points, give me those points. And the scoring in MMA is so confusing. Mm-hmm. It can be so weird because it's an adaptive, uh, ad- adapted version of boxing rules, and it just doesn't really there, – there's probably a better way out there, worked. and I'm not smart enough to come up with it. But I will say that there's – yeah, yeah, and I, I will say there's, there's really no one out there that really completely understands it except for this fight camp. I feel like their coaches understand – what it looks like to win, to, to earn points and wins rounds. I don't know a lot about Michael Chandler. I know that he's a wrestler. So if I'm Dan Hooker, what I want to do is I want to I want to keep him standing and I want to work my points. I want to work my jab. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a technical fighter than maybe Chandler is. So maybe trying to like keep the chaos out of the fight is how Dan Hooker wins this. Um, he's going to catch a couple. He's a tough guy. Um, he'll take those on the chin and he'll uh, he'll push through. Um, I think that's what Dan Hooker has to do is try to beat him almost in the long game, and uh, it's it's going to be a fun fight because it is one of those okay boxer versus wrestler um, type fights. But dude, this Michael yeah. Chandler guy, he's got a lot of question marks around him. A lot of go- I would say good yeah. question marks because Dana loves the guy. Jeb, what what do you think his keys to winning this fight? Because this fight for him, it really means a lot. I mean, 
It does, man. I mean, this really kind of shows also, hey, UFC, are you really the brand that no one else is like? Right. Like, they don't have, like, who has the talent nowadays? Because if Michael Chandler's coming over from Bellator, um, is Bellator a whole yeah. lot better than we think? It, it, it really says a lot. So, what do you think Michael Chandler has to do, maybe for personal success, but maybe to kind of prove a lot of these people wrong that might just doubt his no yeah uh, i think, I think he made so good points there chase like record. coming in with michael chandler obviously getting to his keys but a little bit first he, he was a former bellator champion this is his first fight in the ufc so obviously he has a lot to prove there um he's an experienced fighter you know 34 years of age so he's been around the block so i don't i don't think the switch is going to be huge for him well you definitely made a good point about talking about the talent differential i guess we will mm. see if a bellator or a former bellator champion can come in the ufc and make some noise at a already stacked 155 uh lightweight division um but what you were saying is it makes a good point like this guy he's a wrestler he's very proven in that sense but can he close the distance on a guy who's pretty tough and is a striker like dan hooker that's what we'll need to see can he match the speed um, you know, sometimes when you make a division switch like this, uh, it, you know, you kind of like take a step up, right? Maybe the UFC is just a, a little bit above Bellator. Maybe the fight is a little bit faster. And that's what uh, we'll see early in this fight. Uh, if Michael Chandler is, uh, can back up the talk he's, he's definitely brought to the table. He's uh, one of those short guys in the division. A lot of heart, a lot of toughness, what it seems like. Um, but being a former champion, you know, he definitely knows what it takes to win. Uh, I'm sure he's faced uh, challenges of high and reach before. Um, so some of his keys to success are definitely going to be, you know, closing the distance, kind of get working that grappling game. Um, when he, when they are on the feet, can he avoid damage and maybe land some damage of his own? Uh, we'll definitely get to see his hands there because I think Dan Hooker is going to do do really well. What you were talking about earlier with the with how those New Zealanders fight, definitely scoring some points. He definitely plays kind of that defensive striking, fill you out, pick his shots. Um, can Michael Chandler get in, penetrate that defense, and score his own points? You know, I, I don't exactly see uh, Michael Chandler doing well against this Dan Hooker. I th- I really like Dan Hooker, not not from his record standpoint, but from overall. But you, you can never count on a formal champion like like Michael Chandler. No, he's got a lot to prove, like busting in this division. Like he, he's been waiting for a while to make this transition over. He's been really wanting to fight. Like he was the backup for, sure. um, for the Gaethje-Khabib fight. That, you know, obviously happened. He was the, the alternate for that. He's been alternate for, I think, one other uh, lightweight fight at the UFC that he that obviously he didn't fight in as being his first fight. So uh, he, he's been roaring to go. And, uh, you know, somebody's been edging to fight. Hopefully he comes out with that same aggression, that same mentality. Um, and he shows off a former champion's, like, prowess in the octagon, you know, making that making that switch. So I, but I guess to reiterate, his keys to victory are definitely closing the distance, working that, that grappling, that wrestling really well. Um, and can kind of controlling the pace of of Dan Hooker's like point scoring uh, technique, you know. Yeah, dude, I, I think I think you're right on, man. And I, I feel like what uh, I think that like what Michael Chandler and even Dustin Poirier, I want to put them in the same camp for a second. Both of their like like uh, their 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 Nate, what they want to fall back on is they want to fall back on, like, if I start getting beat, like, I could see this fight going, Dan Hooker, like, stays a distance, and Michael Chandler, what he's going to do is eventually say, you know what, dude, I might just bite down the mouthpiece and close the distance and just start throwing. And I think Dustin has, like, he has that too, but it's a little bit more tame is what I've understood. But, dude, I, I think Michael Chandler's got a lot to say here. 
Um, not just a lot to prove, but a lot to say. I, I'm not a doubter by any means. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm like, what does this guy really bring to the table? Because you know, between these two fights right here, Jeb, you oh, yeah. you know that they're calling out. They're gonna call out. The, the, yeah. the winner might even no, call I out Connor. Chandler's gone as far as saying he thinks he can beat Gaethje. He thinks he can beat Khabib. Obviously, he wanted Connor and Dustin both. He he's Oof. willing to fight anybody, and that 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 says a lot about you. If you if you're willing to to really talk that talk to some of the best in the division, the already proven best. You know, the, this guy still has to prove himself in the UFC. I think he's definitely a proven mm-hmm. fighter. You know, with with belts of his own, but. He definitely likes to talk that talk, and I definitely think we'll see some call-outs and some, some smack talk after the, the fight concludes from either fighter, whoever comes out on top, for sure. I, I, definitely, I definitely think we'll see that, yeah. The one, 155 division, it's a very Here interesting. It, I, obviously, this hey, is what a lot of the experts say. It's, it's probably the best division talent-wise in the UFC. And then you add this guy coming in, you know, the, you, can, you can throw another curveball and throw another shake-up in there. So I think it's really exciting to see uh, – what it, and you, you never know. Chandler can come in. He can starch Dan Hooker. He can look really good. Maybe he fights a Connor or fights Dustin, either one. And then maybe like Khabib, like, he starts running his mouth and pulls Khabib back in, kind of like Connor did the first time they fall, you know, kind of just lure Khabib back for that for that 30th fight. I think that'd be really, it could be mm-hmm. a possible scenario. I don't think it plays out that way, but it's definitely a possibility. It, like, like you said, man, this division is so much fun because, like, I don't know what Dan Hooker is, but I think that he's probably around six to eight. But it's like, dude, who's the number six to eight in that, yeah. like, that uh, that two of five? Like, dude, I mean, I I I meant to even mention earlier, dude, that uh, when uh, God, let me remember that guy's name, not Corey yeah. Anderson, but uh, Khalil, right? Well, yeah, Khalil Roundtree, but Corey Anderson left to go to Bellator. And I think he's kind of looking back saying, dang, like that division yeah, actually that, got that pretty Because, like, who could even out, mention, but this is just such a good division. Um, mm-hmm, I totally agree. Hampton, do you, do you want us to pick right now or do you want us to pick it again? Let's see. How about y'all break down Poirier and McGregor and then give me uh, the two picks at the end? Sounds that sound good? That's good. Yeah, yeah, that works. Jeb, you can go first. Talk about – you can just yeah. kind of, like – kind of talk about how maybe you think this fight's going to go right here because i don't i, I kind of want to talk about both i think you'd be kind of man you can't no, can't wait yeah. with conor mcgregor and not sure. allow us to I talk, to, no, <laughs> talk yeah, about him so. of, of course of course might like to really point out is dustin man like dustin obviously one of those guys is like the heart of the warrior doesn't necessarily talk talk a lot of smack and he's a very respected fighter he, he's beat some of the best you know he's got wins over gaichi mm-hmm. eddie alvarez he beat max holly for the championship which we've already previously mentioned he he's fought the best at the 155, and he and he's looked good against everybody's fault. Like he didn't look. I wouldn't say he wasn't Khabib's best fight, but he definitely was a good fight for Khabib. You know, lasted to the third round. Um, so he's a tough guy, uh, very respected fighter in the community. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited to see him fight again. You know, he's a Louisiana boy. Um, but you know, then you have somebody against Conor McGregor, and like who knows? Everybody wants to get in there and and give Conor like their best shot these days, right? Like. Everybody just kind of is against Connor in this division, um, and him coming back is it's going to be really exciting just to see. Uh, I think Connor's going to really make make his run back, and then and then hopefully look like his old self. I, I don't want to give my give away who I'm going for in this fight, but I think Connor's going to really come back and look like his old self from from a physique standpoint, and then a, a technical standpoint. I think it's going to be really uh, really good good fight overall. Like stylistically, this is a great fight. Dustin being kind of a grappler. Uh, ground guy, and then Connor obviously is notorious. His nickname, you know, he's notorious for his striking. Um, 
Yeah. He, he, he's a striker <laughs> by trade. So they match up really well. Yeah. There's not any reach discrepancies or weight discrepancies. Like I think these guys are going to both look really in shape. They've had a while to train. Both of them have, have had a long time off. I think, what, Dustin only fought once in 2020, so he's well-rested. Connor fought uh, Cowboy Cerrone in 2020. So we're, we're definitely going to see two rejuvenated fighters, hopefully. That's, that's what I'm hoping for this. What, what were you thinking, Chase? Yeah, man, I I think just to to, to put that respect on uh, like Poirier's name just to start off with because I think everybody knows who Conor McGregor is, but man, like first of all, I'll say that Dustin Poirier is a great guy. Um, I know that sounds almost cheesy to go to, but like dude, dude has done some phenomenal things in uh, in Louisiana where he's from. We're not not of a lot of fighters come from Louisiana and train out of there, and, and he, yeah. the way that he gives back to his community is, is something that I think. It's cool that they even base this fight kind of like off of that. They're going to make a lot of money, but they also like him and Connor made it a, a point to give some kind of donation or contribution to um, Dustin's charity, which I just think, man, like you need to take time to th- this is a really like it's a tough sport, man. But at the end of the day, like it's cool to see guys who can get in there and literally go to war still have a heart for their community and the people they live around. It's something that I think we we, we could learn a lot from. Um because again, he didn't—he didn't just move to LA and not worry about those people back home. He—he he was like, man, you know, th- this this kind of life uh, fighting kind of saved yeah. me from it, and I think it's just a really cool story. Um, I think with Dustin, man, like you said, he one thing he does, man, that you never see Connor do is, is Dustin shoots yeah. the guillotine like every fight. Like, there's going to be some time where somebody's like, Connor's probably not going to try to take him down, but if any point. <laughs> Dustin feels like he can lock him up in a guillotine. Yeah. He's shooting it, bro. And, and that's just why one thing that Dustin does. He, if you give him that, he's going to take that. Um, and I think, I think Dustin, what impresses me the absolute most about Dustin is that when he fought Hooker, when he fought Dan Hooker over the summer, and, and when we watched him fight Max Holloway, he's there. If it's a fa- five round fight, he starts off the fight in the first round, and it looks like he's. At 100%. And then he comes out the second round, and he looks like he's at 90%. The third round, he looks like he's 80%. And I would say that every, like the guy that he's fighting is, is pretty, uh, like, pretty respectable as well. And they're at the same point. But what, what the difference is is when they go into those championship rounds in four and five, it seems like Dustin does not drop off, that he stays at 80%. And you see guys that look like they are absolutely exhausted fighting a guy who will continue to bite down the mouthpiece, will continue to put pressure on you and move forward. And if you really watch the fight like that, it's it's extremely impressive to watch how he doesn't seem to go down to like a 50% and just like almost closing his eyes and throwing punches. He just doesn't do that. His gas tank is something that I feel like not a lot of people talk about. But it's something that I noticed in that Dan Hooker fight that I was like, dude, this guy looks yeah. like like this is what separates the good from the great. And, and that's where I want to talk about um, to bring Connor in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of people that really love Connor that will watch this, um, that will watch this because he's on there and, and are Connor McGregor fans, not necessarily UFC fans. And for me, I think that's that's fine. I think that, that I think UFC is a whole lot more fun to watch when Connor's in the yeah. mix. Um, I agree. That's 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 my spin on it. Um, 
I know that one thing Tyler said to me is that, uh, you know, he hopes he hopes that like Connor doesn't win because that means that the division's going to go like mm-hmm. like stale, that nothing's going to happen. He's going to get the belt. And he's not going to do anything with it in a little while. And I'm like, dang, he's so right. Um, but what I want to like compliment Connor on is that in the NFL, you've got a lot of really good quarterbacks. You've got names that all of us could mention that are that are that are that are okay. Then you've got the people that are pretty good, and then you've got the guys that are great. Like you've got the the Dak Prescotts, and you, you've got you've got the Russell Wilsons. Um, you've got these guys that, that that they're up there. But there's two guys who sit at the very top of this thing that that are that are untouchable. That have just it. it there's a mind for the game. There's resources, but at the end of the day, there's this God-given talent that no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I train, I'll never be able to throw right. a ball like Aaron Rodgers does or throw a ball like Patrick Mahomes does. And uh-huh. I really feel like in this division that the, the, the – the I mean, I'm sorry, that the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers and the Patrick Mahomes of this division, which yeah. just skill set-wise, no matter how hard yeah. you practice, you'll never get there, is Khabib and Connor. Um, I, I, I feel I feel like those two guys. I, I think Connor has resources, mm-hmm. and he he's able to like set things up that other fighters don't have the luxury to do. Like when you're over here making thirty to show <laughs> up, thirty grand to show up, and he's Connor's over here making sport well, millions sure. of dollars per pay per view. Like, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said that they didn't want to do pay per views if it wasn't a title fight, and Connor McGregor's the only exception to that. Yeah. And he he he's just got the money to have the, the to do the training that the other guys don't have. Um, I, I put him way on up there. I think this is still a, this is. I, I don't want to make it sound like like Dustin can't win this fight because sure. he totally can. I think yeah. the longer the fight goes on, the better his chances are. Um, but that's that's what I think. Kind of kind of both like I think that if I lined up both of those. Adequately, I, I'm sure yeah. some people would, would would agree with me. Some people would probably disagree. No, yeah, but uh, just, just, I think yeah, I'm ready to I, pick I really these like things. If you guys are, really like that comparison. go ahead, man. Connor is like ahead, one of those top two quarterbacks. You know, like Connor's left hand, that follow through left is like a Aaron Rodgers, like hail mary. You know, or or a patch or a Patrick Mahomes, like blind throw. It's kind of nuts, but and also you made one of the point. Like as the fight goes on, no, but- I think if the, the longer it goes, the the higher Poirier's chances. He's going to come into this fight probably as the underdog. And the longer it goes, his odds will, will flip, flip the script, you know. And the, the best comparison you can look is the Khabib. They both fought Khabib recently. And Connor, you know, gassed out in the fourth and got subbed. And obviously, Poirier did the same mm-hmm. in the third. But he, he he definitely looked his best as the fight went on, for sure, in all his fights. But no, no, I, I'm ready to pick if you are. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. dude. I, I, I say we start off with that co-main event, if you're cool with that. I want to I, I want to hear what you're going to say, because – no, yeah, I don't, I, I I don't know, I man. I want to. I, that's I'm really glad you're going first. Fight, I, think <laughs> I think we're going to see um, two really good fighters come along in the 155. But I think I'm going to have to take Michael Chandler in this one. Just the sole fact this guy has had championship experience. Um, he's here now. He's he's full of of piss and vinegar, as most football coaches would say. Um, he's ready to make a run for the title. Um, not saying Dan Hooker's not the same way, but I, I really like uh, Michael Chandler in this fight. I, I expect him to get it done and, and, and really kind of make a, a staple or a show-off performance overall. I, I like Dan Hooker, but I'm definitely going to take Chandler for sure. What, what do you think? Yeah, dude, I, I mean, that's, that's just okay. interesting because I – 
Yeah. I think I'm actually going to go with Dan Hooker because I've seen him fight. And 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 mm-hmm. I'm just gonna maybe I'll plead ignorance if if it, if that's not right because there's a part of me that yeah. wants Chandler to win because of how intriguing he is, and I feel like if 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 Hooker loses this fight like if it goes your way and and Hooker loses this fight I feel like he mm-hmm. ends up in that Paul Felder range where you enjoy watching him fight but he's just not elite talent and and I think that I agree with that statement and I would like to see Chandler go like like. Go like go compete with the top dogs. Like, hey, fight fight Poirier if he if he loses. Fight McGregor if he loses. Fight Gaethje. Fight Oliver. Yeah. Like like it kind of opens up the door to a, a, like a, some fun matchups up there. Um, that I don't feel like Dan Hooker gets if he wins this. I think I think if Dan Hooker wins this, I feel like he I fights Charlie sure. or Oliveira. Like something kind of. No, I, I don't he's not fighting the top. He's not fighting. Yeah, he's not gonna fight Gaethje. Sure. I, I, I don't that. know. I think Char- I think Charles Oliveira would be a great fight for. Yeah, for even yeah, the winner of I, this fight, um, but I do think the winner of this fight gets the winner of of Conor Poirier. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I well, think Charlie might be the, the odd man out here in a second, man, because um, they kind of gave him a second. They gave him a chance to step in and fight Chandler when he said he couldn't make weight. That's kind of the hey, we're trying to get you in this mix, but if you're not, sure. it's gonna be really hard to fit you in. You know, come six months from now, okay. but. uh I I think I go Dan Hooker on this. I think that the points matter. Um, I think he can tough it out when Chandler tries to walk forward and knock him out. Um, but man, it, it I think this is one of those that, that I want to watch and I want to watch. Like, dude, let's say Chandler wins, or let's say that that like like if Hooker dominates, like, dude, does Chandler really like? Is this where he's supposed to be? Like, it, it just sure. I think this it just says That's a lot a, more than just W all right, man. So, what what do you think? I'll let you go first with the with the main here for 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 calling our shots. Who who you got? Dustin Poirier. The du- oh, big ham. Yeah, ham. Dude, goodness. Hey, why don't we? Why don't who, who we let? Thinking? Why don't we let? After, after me and Chase Hampton, made you want, you want you went on See, who, who, went in on this one? Oh, I would love it. I would love in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick that. Uh, I want to hear you can pick that come any event too if you want to. With. If, if, if you <laughs> made the better point for their fighter, better the better call, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. I think I'm going to go with Dan Hooker for the co, just because I think, um, like, with the points, like, Chase was like, I've seen him fight, and with Michael Chandler, um, him coming from Bellador, um, I kind of want to see him prove it before I'm, like, all in um, on him winning a UFC fight. So I'll go with Dan Hooker um, for the co-main. For the main, Jeb – I'm so with you when you said okay. um, you believe that Connor's going to come out and make a statement. Um, I think he's going to be like Pete Connor and come out and beat Poirier. So give me uh, McGregor in the yeah, I, in the main event. Uh, what do you, you think about that? What, one last point, Ham. That's what I want to say. I, Michael Chandler's got eight title fights. Dan Hooker zero. So I, you know, hey, experience talk. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking. But uh, it's true. I think it yeah, was the main I, event, eight, dude. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's that's right. You could you could have told me that before I paid. <laughs> I, I, I think Dan Hooker is a good fighter. I think he could very possibly get it done. Um, but no, yeah, I think you you made you definitely uh, took what I, my words for what I was gonna say about Connor. Man, I, I'm expecting to see a really strong Connor in this fight. I'm expecting to see a precise uh, and a ready to go. He, he hopefully we come back and see a mentally focused Connor way back before he fought. Um, Khabib the first time. I want to see a Connor from yeah. the Eddie Alvarez days 
That's what I want to see Connor in this fight. I think he comes back. I think he's going to look really good. There's actually the most exciting yeah. thing about this whole card. Um, we're seeing four one two fighters fight, and they're actually going to do a press conference. First press conference the UFC has had where all the fighters sit at the same table. Um, I think it's going to be like two or three days chase. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's two days before the fight, right? I'm really excited to see what they get in and what they look like, you know, on and on weigh-in mm-hmm. day. Um, but, but in the end, I do think Connor gets it done. I really like Dustin uh, Poirier, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Man, he's a, he's a hometown boy. Uh, he's tough as nails. He's fought the best. Uh, but I, I think Connor's gonna kind of get in there and expose him with that with that left hand. You know, I think I'm, give, give me a second round knockout for Conor McGregor. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, dude, I mean, the thing about, about about Mystic Mac, man, whenever he was coming up, I, I'm be honest, dude, he's really fun to follow because you're just like, man, like he told Dustin the first time, man, after he beat him, he said, like, you know, he thinks it's all talk until oh, his head's bouncing off the canvas. And I'm like, dude, that's cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's that's that was that was prime Connor, like you said. Whenever it was when it was Eddie, and man, I, I think that that Connor's mind is right. Uh, man, the, the, the only way that I see this going, like Dustin's way, Agreed. is the longer it goes, the better it fares for Dustin. I think if the way that Dustin likes to fight is he wants to get you up against the cage and start throwing like hooks from his hips. And that's how he wants to basically just beat you up. That's like how he likes to fight. Um, when when you have nowhere to go, and he can just tag you because your 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 back is against the fence. And that just doesn't really happen to Connor that much. Like him being Muay Thai and like yeah. like that kind of like you know he's always moving and that boxing. Yeah, yeah, he's just not gonna let you back him up into a corner. He he's got better boxing than that. And I think that's like. That's what would have to happen for me to go with Poirier, and I just don't see that happening. Another yeah, would be like a fault. sub if you yeah. were to sub him again from like even that guillotine. Connor's known to, yeah, Connor's known to yes, like yeah. he's not going to be you know out with his eyes rolled back. He'll tap. He, that's bad for the image. He and, and again, <laughs> I don't I don't see him getting him up to yeah. the to the cage, and all of a sudden Connor like maybe tries to shoot at some point, and he catches him. And I just don't that I don't see that how that plays out. Um, I think Connor's boxing is better than Poirier's. I think that he can uh, stay at distance with his Muay Thai. It, it, I hope this fight goes yeah. like I want to see Connor fight, man. Like when he finally came back and fought Cowboy, and he fought him for thirty seconds. I think everybody so was like, "Man, he's back!" But like, like it, it's almost like he wasn't, you know. So, yeah. um, give me Connor, but dude, I, I want to see him. I want to see him fight a little bit, dude. He trains way too hard to. He trains too hard. He gets too much hype to just yeah. go in there and only give you thirty seconds worth of like. It's incredible what he can do, but man, like, like, give me something that I can come back to this podcast and say, dude, did you see when Connor, like, how spectacular he yeah. looked when he mm-hmm. stayed at distance? That's what I want to have something I could talk about because people love to watch him, and it's fun to watch knockouts. But I would love to see a Connor who's at the peak of his performance, who comes out and dominates, and, yeah. and not only knocking I the guy out. But Dominic's in every facet of the fight. Um, I, I think no. I'm with you. It, it's a knockout. He's not going to sub Poirier, yeah. anything crazy like that. Um, it's a knockout. It's TKO. Third. But, uh, yeah, third. man, I mean, I, I could I, – I, I'm going to say third round. I, I'll go third yeah, round. Hey, but, honestly, with, with Connor, I mean, I think he says it's going to be first round. I wanted to know so, like, what, this is a year it'll, – it'll be on the day of the fight. It'll be over a year since Connor McGregor has fought last in UFC. You know, like, I want to see him pick up the pace. 
uh, and hopefully get maybe one, maybe two or three more fights wow. this year. You know, if he, if he can end twenty twenty one with with three fights in the octagon, I'll be happy. But this one fight a year is not it for me, Connor. So I'm, I'm hoping he's come back active. Same thing. I would I'd like to see Dustin again too. Maybe if Dustin loses, maybe he draws Dan Hooker, and then the winner fights Cal or uh, Charles over something crazy like that. No, I, don't, I don't know. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. That that I think that I think that that kind of bracket makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, loser just, like like faces the uh, well. Dang, you still got yeah. Gaethje out there. I don't know. Yeah, you it's it's interesting. There's just a lot of people there, man. Yeah, there's a lot of people right there. But uh, man, I'm excited. It's fun when you got a lot of fights coming up. Um, it's UFC fans' dream. We hadn't had any in a while, man. I literally canceled uh-huh. my ESPN Plus subscription because there were literally no fights on for a month. <laughs> so <laughs> say five dollars. So if you guys want a cup of coffee and you made it this far through a podcast, uh, let me know. Maybe I can. Maybe maybe that could be the uh, the auctioning off gift or something like that. But uh, Hampton, I want to say thank you to you for. Uh, been willing to stand on here and uh, stay on here and, and man, just uh, listen to us talk about UFC and and uh, and like do what you do each and every week for this uh, podcast no, to make yeah, it uh, possible, make it, it happen. Great time. So it I appreciate you and Jeff. Thanks for hopping on here, bro. I appreciate the invite very much. I had a, I had a wonderful time talking about a sport that I love near and dear in Hampton. Definitely, thank you for the invitation for this one and being a, being a great host overall for sure. So I think we uh, I think we all enjoyed it here, and I, I'm very happy I, I got to take part in this. Well, I appreciate it too, guys. Y'all did an outstanding job. Um, and anytime y'all want to come on here and talk UFC, I'll be happy to moderate and keep the conversation flowing. But y'all did an incredible job. Before we go, here's the main question I got to ask, Chase. Right. Am I going to be able to watch McGregor and Poirier on Periscope? <laughs> Bro, I, I, think that's a, I think that is a really good question, man. And I, I – I mean, I I don't. I, that's another podcast for another day, dude. I don't really know what to make of it because no one's. I think it's one of those things that's like, like, is it illegal to do? Like, like, yeah, it's illegal to like to to stream, you know, per like content that's been purchased. But it's like, what's the punishment? No one yeah. really knows just yet. But Con- hey, Dana said he's got something cooking for all these guys, and he said that he loves to see them. When they catch him and they have him in court and they start begging for mercy, and I was like, "This is t- totally Dana White in an interview right here." So I don't know, man. We'll see. Let's see if he lets some of our uh, some of the uh, not that I do this, but some of the other college students of the world that are broke and want to watch these fights. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Did he include that in his five minute video when his war gets? <laughs> Bro, what a character, man! What a character. Goodness, goodness. Well, that'll do it for our first UFC recap show. Um, As we talked about, Jeb, Chase, outstanding job breaking down uh, the next three cards in the UFC, kicking off 2021 with a bang. For everyone listening out there, be sure to follow us on social media and be sure to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. That'll be either whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Um, For myself, Chase, and Jeb, we hope you enjoyed this show and can't wait to be talking UFC with y'all in the future.